Welcome to the Burned Out Preacher Podcast, where we have frank discussions weekly on ministry struggles and how many of us in the ministry have gone from overwhelmed and exhausted to calm and equipped leaders who love being in ministry. I am your host, Monique Addison Stinson, Burnout Prevention Coach for Ministry Leaders. Are you ready to overcome burnout? If your answer is yes, then keep listening. All right, welcome back to the Burnout Preacher Podcast. I am your host, Monique Addison Stinson, Burnout Prevention Coach for Ministry Leaders. And I help ministry leaders who are overwhelmed and exhausted become calm and equipped leaders who actually love being in ministry and so excited. I know you guys are like, you always say you have an amazing guest, but I do. I've been blessed to have amazing guests, and today is no exception. You can tell she's cute. She's already cute, okay? So she got that going for her, but you're going to hear exactly who she is and uh, what church she's affiliated with. So, ma'am, if you can introduce yourself. Thank you so much, Monique, for for this opportunity. Um, I have been following your work for years. And so to be able to be here with you is amazing. Of course, we share the AME connection. Um, And so the Connectional Church is how we connect it. And so, you know, uh, so I am Melanie Bryant Hurst. Um, I am the First Lady of Bethel AME Church in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, where my husband, Reverend Dr. Stanley Hurst, the second is the pastor. Um, and I'm also known in these internet streets as Ask uh, the Preacher's Wife, um, which is a blog. And, um, you know, we talk about all things related to the church, the black church, Jesus, the Lord, and everything else in between. Um, so those were, is where, that's where folks come to ask the, the preacher's wife. And we talk about any and everything over on that side of the block is fear. Um, so I'm also a doctoral student at Widener University. Um, I'm finishing up my PhD in social work um, at Widener. Um, so that is on the horizon. And we are new residents of Wilmington, Delaware. We were, were originally from Philly. Um, the itinerary moved us to Jersey City, New Jersey. And so now we are back in Philly, and well, in Wilmington, um, which is still really close to Philadelphia. Um, and we have a wonderful one-year-old daughter named Shia. She will be two September 11th. What? Um, yes, I know. Time flies, right? You were just time pregnant. Exactly. <laughs> COVID time went by like, no, you know, right? we were in a vacuum. And now it's like two years. I'm, I'm missing two years of my life. Who am I? I um, but yes, she will be two years old in um, on September 11th. And oh, so wow. she is my rainbow baby, my miracle baby, and the joy of, of our lives. So we are having fun with her. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what it is, you know. That is so awesome. So I'm going to add all of your social media links. Um, down below if you do not follow her on social media you need to she is hilarious yeah I'm, I'm in and out of Facebook jail so sometimes you'll get me other times I'm incarcerated you know right. but, um, you know I told you I was incarcerated so right. it yeah. is what it is yes you know, to me right you know they I got the death penalty they were like no ma'am you just out <laughs> I appealed to the highest Facebook court and they said no I said exactly oh this what we doing I'm Exactly. So I just stayed off of that platform, honey. I'm like, I get it. I get it. (laughs) I understand, you know. Thank you so much again for um, agreeing to come on. Uh, I think I I think I sent you a friend request. I I can't remember where's one of those AME 
Facebook groups, I saw your post. I was like, okay, she she my people. <laughs> that's right, girl. That's right. She my people. I need that. That's need to right. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. Just amazing, hilarious, just real. That's what I love. I'm not with the whole fake churchy. I'm yes. I'm this way in church and this way out. I, I, no, Mm-mm. I don't yep. do that. I'm and with you. The, Right, and that's the vibe I get from you. So I had to, I had this Facebook stalk you before I was on Facebook, and so <laughs> happy I did. Oh my goodness! Thank you. <laughs> well, listen, over here on these burnout preacher podcast streets, we talk about all things burnout, and I always start out with, "What's your definition of ministry burnout?" When you hear that, what does that mean to you? So, you know, and I'm a social worker, so, you know, I'm familiar with what burnout has looked like in my profession. Um, And I think burnout is in ministry is when you get to the point where I think in ministry, you might get to the point where you're saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And I think I know it can look differently for different people, but I know for me, it got to the point where you know, it, it was an intersection of everything. It was an intersection of what I do professionally, an intersection of being a woman, being a black woman. And then you have this church component over here that's supposed to be my safe space. Right. That's supposed to be where I can go to relieve my burnout. And this is stressful too. Um, and so it's like, should I just go? Because that's the that's the only thing I can kind of think of right now But no, I can't because that's my Jesus and I love my Jesus, you know, so I honestly think for me, it has looked like being at the the tipping point of I either have to redefine some things for me or I walk away on this piece of me that has been a foundation since for as long as I can remember. Um, So to me, that's kind of what it has presented itself like for me. Um, you know, and, and kind of being in that space, especially because I'm not a pastor, I'm not a pastor, I'm not ordained. Um, and I don't believe that God has called me. He hasn't called me on the main line and told me what he wants in that regard, you know, but, um, it's, it's a different experience for me being a first lady. So I'm kind of in this position by nature of what my husband's calling is, and having to juggle all of the responsibilities that come with that without a title, without an ordination. Um, and, and so it, it looks very different yeah. for me, you know? So it's been, it's been a journey. It has been a journey and um, I'm learning and growing, but that's what it's kind of presented itself for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We are so much alike because <clears throat> I had the same experiences, um, not experiences, but the same um, symptoms, if you will, um, with burnout and the church. And this is my first time saying this, but I actually left church for a minute when I was dealing with burnout. Um, I was going through so much in my personal life and church was burning me out as well. It was contributing to the burnout. And so I had to take right. a break. I had to step back and I, I took a break um, from my church. I started going to a different church mm-hmm. and I was going to this other church because I wasn't a member. Like I can go in and experience right. the service right. and I have to work. 
Yep. I understand. <laughs> and so I was able to just enjoy God, if you will, and, and enhance my relationship with him in a different way because I wasn't working. I was experiencing the worship. So I know it's nice. I was able to tip in and get on out. I wasn't staying for meetings and directing. I know that's right. You know, it was nice. I was like, oh, so this is Being a few member has some benefits. It has you some know? nice benefits, man. I'm like, oh. <laughs> It does. <laughs> and so I, I had to do that. I had to take a, a moment. And so thank you so much for sharing that. I um want to talk about your experience. Your you as a first lady, what have you seen with your poor husband? I want to have, I think next season, I'm going to take a break for about a month with the podcast, but I want to come back and have more first ladies on. So Okay. What I feel sorry for y'all. I'm gonna just be real. <laughs> I feel Wait. listen, I pray for first ladies all the time. But when I was single, I was like, I do not. People tried to set me up with pastors all the time. Like, Mm-mm, I do not want to be anybody's first lady. So that was my prayer too. I said, Jesus, I had a list. Okay. Cause you know, they started saying when I was single, get specific with your prayer request. Okay. Exactly. No firefighters, no problem. Right. want to knock at my door, no military because I couldn't right. take, I could take, you know, being a part and pastors were on there because I've been in church all my life. I've been AME for most of my life. And so I have seen that. Yeah. I've seen that struggle play out, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. And like you said, you know, I, I keep it very real. Um, I am who I am. And when I met my husband, I avoided him for a while. I'm not going to lie. I said, you don't want to be with me. I'm not the one. I'm not, you know, I, I this ain't going to work. Right. Um, and he, we had a conversation and he said to me, I'm not looking for a first lady. I'm looking for a wife. Oh. And I'm like, okay that sounds right are they trained to say this you know what right. i mean okay you know this right. is too good right um but so we started dating and you know we um he was already in ministry so that makes a huge difference yeah um because in a way i kind of know what i'm stepping into or i believe i know what i'm stepping into right. you never can understand um the life of being a first lady until you're in the position of being a first lady um and so because but because he was in ministry i knew what to expect from him right. um and so that allowed me to kind of frame what i thought my experience would be um and so in terms of burnout and in terms of what i've seen from him it's very different because he is called now if we're going to keep it real, everybody who's a pastor, everybody who's a preacher, they made it up themselves. They, Jesus ain't call them. Okay. Right. I don't know who called him, but it wasn't my it wasn't, black right. Jesus. Right. I don't right. know. Maybe if it was Trump's Jesus. I don't know whose Jesus it was. It wasn't my black Jesus. Um, but for him, it is a calling. And so right. he deals with that separately almost. Yeah. And it's almost like he can compartmentalize to an extent in terms of, I know that this is what I am called to do and he takes it seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have always seen him planning. Um, if he's not planning, he is writing down and journaling what his plans are as God gives it to him. And so what I can say about my husband is that he is 
dedicated to what he does. And, and, you know, it's so interesting because sometimes in these public spaces and public forums, first ladies are always going to talk good about their spouses, right. you know, um, because especially in this church, anything that comes across that could be detrimental is not going to be spoken. But honestly, honestly, outside of all of that, like, cause that man drives me nuts. Like together <laughs> we are, I mean, like, I'd be like, who are you? You know what I mean? You. But as a pastor, the man is truly anointed to do that. And so honestly, in the beginning of our marriage, I never saw his burnout. I, I don't feel like I saw it because I feel like he is just wasn't spoke spoken about, which is strange. Right. Um, and so he never really spoke about it. And I think that's because of his... A model or understanding of what it means to be a pastor and a husband yeah. and a lot of things in the beginning I believe bothered him but he didn't bring it home yeah. so I was kind of blissfully unaware and it's still a lot of things that I think that he guards me from yeah um some things that I don't see um you know but when it's something we've learned enough about each other now to know when something's not right and so typically when it's church related and he, I don't get all of the details and that's just how our relationship works. I don't want to be involved in the nitty gritty. Um, like I don't go, go to his official board meetings or anything like that um, because that's the balance and the separation that I need. Because yeah. I know if I go in a meeting and somebody talking about my husband, like oh, what, what you not going to do. I didn't know that's right. Look at Sister Susie, what she ain't going to do. The Lord has already told me, don't go. Um, you know, but when it's something that begins to impact our relationship, and sometimes it's not even a specific thing, it just could be stress, it just could yeah. be tension. Yeah. Um, and when I begin to notice it, like, hey, something's off with you, and we have to address it, we will. Um, but otherwise, he has tried to keep it separate and it works because as a first lady a lot of times we're in the position where we know what's going on but we don't have an outlet to be able to talk about those things yeah. we don't have the opportunity to talk about it in our local churches right. um you know because it because then it's a confidentiality issue so if i know that someone has harmed him person i can't go to them yeah. i can't go to them and say hey you really disrespected my husband because then it's a boundary issue. Um, so a lot of things, unfortunately, 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 sometimes go unspoken. Yeah. But I know my husband well enough and he knows me well enough when we when something is really impacting him at the church level, we have a conversation and we say, hey, what's going on? And not details. I don't need to know the details. Right. I need to know from him. How are you feeling? How are you experiencing this? How can you move forward with this so that it's not impacting us at home? Um, and so that has worked for both of us in terms of being able to navigate and find a balance yeah. between life and church. Mm. And for most pastors, I don't think there's a separation. I don't think, I think life is the church and church is, is ministry life. and yeah. ministry is life. Yeah. And then church becomes life. Yeah. Um, and so we have certainly had to figure out ways to navigate that. Um, and as we grow older together, I think it gets easier. It's easier for me because I know when meetings are. And so something might not come up right away, but in a week or so, it's like, something bothered him something happened mm -hmm. at that meeting 
And while I don't need to know the details, I need to know what was your experience of what happened so we can process it, so we can be okay. And then we pray. We, we keep God in our marriage because it's like, absolutely. you can't do this alone. You know what I mean? And so we we absolutely are, are mindful and prayerful. Like, God, help him to move through this so that he can be effective as a shepherd and a pastor. Um, so that's kind of been our dynamic and we fine tune it. Like we're not perfect. Um, we certainly don't have all of the answers. Yeah. Trust me. I don't. Cause sometimes I'm like, you know what, let's just move to Guam. Right. Okay. I'm still trying to hit the Powerball. Now I don't play the Powerball, but somehow Same. I'm a win the Powerball. Same. And make millions. You know what I'm saying? Cause I don't yep. even know how to pick the numbers. I don't right. know how many numbers you pick. I when don't it, know. When it plays, like none of right. that stuff. It's, it's, I'm like, when is the drawing? I, I right. bought tickets before. Then I'm like, did they have it? Well, when did they pick the night? Hey. You know, so when I miraculously win the Powerball, I'm like, let's just move to Guam. We can right. be done with something. Exactly. Um, that's my perspective, of course. You know, but so, like I said, we don't have all of the answers, but we we continually, I feel like we're continually moving forward yeah. um, and trying to figure it out together. I love, <laughs> I love everything you said and you're so right you're the first first lady that i've spoken to that is not attending their husband's meetings no ma'am mm -mm. i know. love that separation i don't now i could go to church conference you know the quarter like the quarters right i don't do that either i don't wow you know, i'm excused our elder our presiding elder excuses me every time um, really? because i just you know i just I know me too, you know, and I know I'm very much involved. Um, and we've been at we've been at Bethel Wilmington since November, so it hasn't been a year yet. Okay. Um, and okay. so, you know, I'm trying to find my my place. Of course, you know, as as first ladies, we come in as the advisor to the Women's Missionary right. Society. So I'm involved with the missionaries, you know, but just trying to find my place. But I know that my place is not in an official board meeting. Because so, I'm telling you, I'll hold that grudge for That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so let me ask you this, because mm -hmm. I've been in I've been in an AME church since mm -hmm. I was a toddler. And I have seen many a first lady. So I'm in the 11th Episcopal District. Mm -hmm. And my church used to be the first church mm -hmm. in the district. And so Let me just say, let me just, I don't say it. I'm yeah. trying to, I'm trying to make it yeah. Let me just go ahead and say it. So my church used to be the first church of the district and it was basically a training ground, if you will, for mm -hmm. pastors. So mm -hmm. if pastors wanted to become the presiding elder, they wanted to get to my church mm -hmm. back in the day. It's not there. It's not there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what number we are now, but it ain't first. But anywho... <laughs> I've seen tons of first ladies, like mm -hmm. we've had so many pastors, tons of first ladies. All of them came to all the meetings. And if they didn't come, they were talked about. So yeah. were you talked about or are you talked about? Probably. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter to me. You no. know, I, listen, so when I first got engaged, this was funny. When I first got engaged, I received a book that was written by Episcopal Supervisor um, Adams, Dolly Adams. Mm -hmm. And it's a little pamphlet book called like Woman in the Glass House. And it's like a training book for 
pastor spouses, AME pastor spouses, Age right? And I remember getting the book and I kind of flipped through the pages. This was another time when I broke up with my husband before we were married, but whatever. And um, it was like, you know, when the supervisor comes, you know, you put out fresh nuts and an assortment of flowers and always be pleasant. And maybe you might want to play the piano. I'm like, what? I can't play no piano. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I ain't doing this. I, I'm not doing this. And and it it got to the point at the time with my fiance that I was saying, I can't, I can't do yeah. this. I can't live up to I'm not doing this. This is not who I am. And we had to have a conversation of this is my calling. And he was very clear: this is my calling. And technically, it's my appointment. Whatever you do alongside of me in ministry. I want it to be the things that will enhance who you are as a person, mm. not as my wife, not as a first lady. I want it to be fulfilling to you in the same way your life was before you met me. So I'm not worried about roles and titles. He's like, you know, I'm not going to allow anybody to talk about you or disrespect you because you're my wife. But you're not the pastor and I don't expect you to be. So anything that you bring to the ministry is an is a benefit and an asset to me, but it's not an expectation. And I was like, what? You love me that much? You do that for me? So that to me, that was the selling point. I'm like, either this boy real good or this is the one. Right. And it ended up being this is the one and that boy's good. You know, but I don't. I, me personally, and this is just my personal self, people are going to, and that's a lesson I learned maybe 10 years ago. Right. It doesn't matter what you do. Same. People are going to have an opinion. They're going to talk about you like a yep. dog, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, I remember situations because, of, um, yeah, I'm going to say it. At our last church, we lived in the parsonage, and I found out that people were upset that we did not invite people to the parsonage on a regular basis. And I'm like, that's my home. home. It's not a museum. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's right. not the special museum. This is my home. Um, and so, so, but again, I was still, I mean, I am who I am and I love people. So I'm like, hey, I love you. And, da -da 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 -da. and we had great times, but there's somebody that's always gonna say yep. it wasn't good enough. Yep. So in terms of meetings, they could talk if they want. Yep. I could care less. Thanks. You know what I mean? And and I have to be okay and secure enough in who I am and who God has called me to be, to be okay with that. Um, and so I am, you know, I'll catch the replay. And now I have a, a toddler. So that's kind of like an excuse. I'm not right. Gonna, but even yeah. before her, I wasn't going to the meetings. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, that's my excuse. Like, oh, I can't. It's at bedtime, which it really typically it, is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't going even if it wasn't. <laughs> I, I just... I'm not doing it because see, again, as a first lady, we see everything almost in a detached way. Yep. So if, if our spouses are hurt, and this is for any clergy spouse, when our spouse is hurt, we can't respond. We can only nurse those wounds behind closed doors and pray that, that God will move the situation or whatever. But it's difficult because we can't respond. Yep. And if in any other family situation, another family member is able to respond. Yeah. So if, like if, if I see my child being hurt somewhere, best believe I'm addressing it with somebody. Exactly. I don't have anybody to address that to. Yeah. And so that's one of the ways that I stay kind of um, out of that mix yeah. because it's just like, I don't want to know if you have issues with his administration, if you have issues, that's fine because yeah. you're entitled to have that as a member of the church. 
I don't want to hear it. Right. Because I'm not cold and I might be lurking and waiting for you in the parking lot. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, so yeah, yeah, I ain't coming. I ain't coming. I don't care. I ain't coming to the meeting. God bless you. Elder, how you doing? Tell your wife I said hello. Praise exactly. the Lord. And uh, enjoy your meeting. <laughs> if I was ever a first lady, you are exactly what I, you're the kind a first lady I would be because I wouldn't want to go to meetings. Um, Bless you. I can't, I'm not doing it. Mm -mm, I can't, no. I can separate it. Yeah. That's the hard they part. out my husband this week and then two months from now they, I can't, I can't haven't forgiven you yet. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can't, I can't do it. So this is why early on we defined what I wanted to hear versus what he wanted to share. And we kind yeah. of like navigated there. So when I hear situations, it's never name attached, which good. is good for me. Good. Um, and it's good for him because it allows him to be able to talk about it right. without feeling like he's crossing a boundary. So right. I'm, I hear about situations, but I never hear names and I might not hear about it when it was so I could even piece it together. Well, I know he had a meeting with such right. and such. I might hear for, you know, I might hear about it later, but it allows him to be able to express freely and it allows me to be able to respond unbiasedly and freely right. so that we can move forward because otherwise if it's somebody who i think might have a problem with me he confirms it i'm like fire oh, he, and he like but you can't fire people from the church yes you can <laughs> he's like you can't so again this is why i know god has not called me right. because i would be sitting in the church with me myself maybe shy and my daughter might come and our dog because that's all right. everybody else is going to be fired from my yeah, church everybody. i know it Right. I know it. So it's, it can't be an AME church because I'm firing people. That's not in the discipline, you know. So this is it works. You know what I mean? Like that's what we have found yeah. that works for us. So that I know what's happening, but I'm distanced enough from it because at the end of the day, his and he's made it clear it's his responsibility to cover me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he also knows that because of who I am. I feel like I have to defend him. And he's like, that's right. out of that's out of the order. So it, it allows me to stay detached, um, but still be able to do what I what we need to do as a family unit. Right. You know? Oh, I yeah. love that. Y'all need to do yeah. a training or something. They ain't gonna want to listen to us because when we get together, we start bickering like Tom and Jerry. You I'm gonna send you something because we did a podcast before and we looking at each other like I know you lying today. It was hilarious, but that's just our dynamic. Okay, we're something ain't right. I'm the same with my husband too, John. We always fuss it. My, my mom lives with us, and she just laughs. She she was like, "Y'all need to do y'all own YouTube video because y'all are hilarious." We're like, gonna be on like... it together because we just go back and forth. We did actually we did an AME uh like preachers' wives and preachers game night. Mm -hmm. I thought we was about to lose. Now we're similar in so many ways, but we yep. were so, and I'm like, you better get this answer. Right. Get it. Yeah. And they was like, they crazy. Like, yeah. I told y'all not to put us on this game show. I told y'all. <laughs> but that's, you know, that, that, <laughs> that, that works for us. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. That is too funny. I love everything you said, honey. Oh my goodness. So has your husband, has he, has he shown signs of burnout at one point? Oh, what did it look like? See, again, because I, the pandemic was hard. 
Um, And so that's when I really started, I think, taking notice of how how serious I think it was. The the pandemic was difficult for everybody. And of course, you know, churches went scrambling to get online and to have digital virtual worship services. And I I know that that was very difficult um, because we weren't able to see anybody. And so as a pastor, when, and for all of us as Christians, we're called to be relational people. So we have relationships with people. Um, And I know that that was very, very difficult for him because it was, it, it, it just wasn't, we weren't just going through this as a family. You know, his responsibility as a shepherd and to care for the flock that God's entrusted to him, he wasn't able to do in a way that he had done it before. Right. And so I saw him begin begin to get overwhelmed. I saw him, you know, you know, and at the time we were in Jersey City, we had a pretty long membership list and him trying to go through and call people, but then still being pulled to do other pieces of ministry now in a virtual way, but still trying to contact people. It it was very difficult. And then, you know, managing the fact that for a while, we, nobody had any idea of what was going on. And I was pregnant. I was pregnant um, during the pandemic. Um, And so it was just a lot. It was a lot. And him not being able to go to appointments with me, Um, And I was a high-risk pregnancy because of my age, Um, you know, and him not being able to be present, plus not being able to be present at church and just feeling like I can't take care of anybody anybody right now. Um, And so that's when I began to notice this this is bothering him and it's hard to for him to kind of figure it out yeah. on his own. Um, because again, because this is his calling, he is, you know, he deals with his stuff, um, you know, and a lot of things he doesn't bring to me, but I just started to notice, you know, and then we were literally stuck in the house. So everything became, be, kind of, kind of crashed yeah. down all at one time. And so, you know, sometimes in our lives, certain things might be together and other things might be kind of going in kind of crazy. Um, But you're able to manage because you know this area is solid. So I can kind of divert some of my energy from there to here to deal with this that's not going so well. In COVID, it seemed like nothing was going well. Here I am pregnant and we're, I mean, terrified. Like God forbid if if I get it, I might die. The baby might die. He can't go to meet. He can't go to doctor's visits or anything. So that first time experience as a dad, he couldn't be there. Plus we had members who were dying. Now prayerfully, thank God we didn't have any members who passed from COVID, but we still had the normal, but it was magnified. Right. It was right. magnified because everybody's like, but oh, was it from COVID? And oh right. my God, if this was from COVID, then what about their family? And what about, you know, so we right. had some people who had gotten sick and praise God, they recovered. Yeah. But, you know, all of those things all at once, you know, and then we're terrified about our own parents who are seniors at the yeah. time. Well, they're seniors still, but, you know, who are seniors and like this whole thing can go bad at right. one moment. And so I think for both of us, you know, um, it was just a difficult time. Yeah. The beauty has been that we both are in therapy. We both go to therapy um, and he is an advocate 
for therapy. Yeah. I am an advocate for therapy. And I really think that that is what kept us together in, in, in terms of mentally so happy during that together. time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that was what one of the keys were in terms of staying sane, because not only was it COVID, we had a president who absolutely out of his mind sure. and we're like you know George Floyd happened in that time period. And yeah like, it was a lot what it was a lot was and a as a lot. black person in America it's like if you don't have PTSD or some type of anxiety yeah you must be living under a rock right I think all black people period need to be in somebody's therapy you're, because you're we've endured right. so much culturally we've endured so much yeah. so being in the pandemic and church and it was a lot, was a lot. Um, but like I said, therapy has been the saving grace for yeah. both of us. Um, and we, 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 at some point, we probably will do like marriage therapy together. But it was important. It's always been important for us to have our separate time yeah. where we can Absolutely. decompose, where we can, you know, kind of share things in a silo without each other and be able to work through those things. So I know that that was helpful to him yeah. going through that period um, and going through that time. But like I said, in terms of his burnout, I just, I know. And that's when, you know, you have to be connected to your spouse in a way where you can pick up something's not right here. Exactly. Something's not right. And so I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, and some, and even now, like, you know, I have to ask, Hey, what happened? Yeah. You know, like you're, you're a little bit irritable. You've been irritable this week. And um, so that's how it shows up with, with my husband, there you know, you irritable. Yeah. And I, my tendency is to chuckle. And when right. you don't have that, I'm like, okay, this is serious. You know? So it's yeah. like, um, the other day I, so I had had a crook in my neck. And um, he, I, I couldn't find my neck pillow because I'll sleep with like a travel pillow. It kind of helps keep it stable. So I couldn't find it. And so the next day he came in and he said, I found this travel pillow. Do you still want it? And I was like, oh, no, like, you know, I'm fine. He was like, I've been looking for this thing and left out. I was like, okay. okay. And then I was able to come in. I'm like, what is happening? What is right. <laughs> Right. You got upset about the neck pillow, you know, and we ended up laughing about it because he knew something was bothering right. him. Nothing, it was something else. It wasn't church related. But again, it's just I have to be in tune. Exactly. I have to be in tune to be able to ask those questions and probe um, when appropriate to be able to know, OK, is this something that's impacting us? What's happening? Do I need to you know, what do we need to do? And um, then I follow through with that and say, you know, well, look, it's we figured this out. Maybe now you need to talk to your therapist and, and work through it some more beyond what I can do right. um, or what I'm willing to do right. as, your, as your wife. You know what right. I mean? So, exactly. But that's how it's been. Um, and that was probably the time when I saw it, um, you know, kind of really, really pop up, yeah. really pop up around COVID because that was just difficult. Yeah. Um, and I, I really felt bad for a lot of pastors who, and I actually did a word. I'm sorry. I, I just changed conversation because I remember doing a like a phone conference one day and I was talking about um trauma and I was talking about uh 
like church hurt and mm. anger and processing grief and all of this stuff. And I was doing it for the churches in New Jersey. So in New Jersey, they had like a consortium that was run by um, the office of the governor. Okay. And they would have clergy come to like meetings. And during COVID, it was all on the phone. Right. And I remember going through this presentation and I'm doing it on the phone because people were still trying to figure out Zoom. Zoom right. hadn't popped up yet. And so we were doing it via phone. And I remember a time and a, a man started speaking, an older gentleman, an older gentleman started speaking. And he said, I'm sitting in the car in my driveway. He said, I just left a wife in front of the hospital because we couldn't go in, whose husband is dying with COVID. And then he got really quiet. And so the clergy on the line, they're like, whoa, hey, what? And I'm like, can y'all just not say anything right now? Right. Let's just be silent. This man bawled. Yeah. For about 10 minutes, he cried. I'm talking about a screeching cry that I had never heard before. Yeah. And he said, thank you so much for doing this because I've never had this release and yeah. I am going crazy. I'm burying people from COVID yeah. and trying to be a pastor and trying to be a husband and trying to be a dad and a grandfather. And I am completely I don't know what to do. And yeah. this today, you allowing me to cry has changed my, has, yeah. has given me what I need to, to, to move forward. And I'm just like, my God, clergy are suffering. Suffering. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have no place to go. Yeah. And so I know that it wasn't just for us right. um, where we were struggling through, but for so many other clergy people and people in um, ministry and leaders that was a rough time. That was a, a, a rough time. So I'm grateful where we, we lived through it. Um, we, so, and so many people did not. Yeah. Um, but I'm grateful that we're kind of on the other side now. Um, and for both my husband and I, we can recognize things in each other because of that experience um, right. and kind of try to, to move forward with it. Right, right. Yeah. I'm so happy you shared that. Um, yeah. And you're right. It's, I think I read a statistic that 1,700 pastors a month are leaving. Oh, yeah. COVID. Oh, yeah. I, I believe it. Because I want to leave the first lady position sometimes. Um, and not because of anything that anyone's done. It's just, yeah, it's, just it's a it's, lot. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, within our um, our denomination, it's a it's a lot that happens. It's a lot of, of the politics. And I'm not saying that even in a negative way, um, but it's just, it's a lot of things that happen and a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And for for me, even not being clergy, but just being connected to clergy. And, and this is the same for pastors, children's their children, too. You know, it's it's seeing a side of the church functioning that you haven't probably seen before and being at a place of I don't I, think I like this right this okay. doesn't look like yeah. what is that this doesn't look like you know um this doesn't look like anything remotely close to who I believe Jesus is yeah. and so I'm here with this because of my connection to this person and I honestly think that when people leave the, the church or when pastors leave, I wonder, do they go back and connect to another church or do they just stay disconnected? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. You bring that up because, um, so I'm, I turned 50 this year. So when I, good girl, yes. I, come on now. Try, <laughs> honey. 
<laughs> yes. But girl, I turned 50 this year. And when I was in my late 20s, um, I um, accepted my call into the ministry and entered the ministry. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. First of all, in the AME church, um, at least in my district, if you accept your call into the ministry, they immediately put you on a pastoral track. I was like, I wasn't called mm-hmm. a pastor. I was called to be in the ministry. Mm-hmm. That was the first problem. And then all of, I'll just say the stuff I saw, mm-hmm. I was like, um, mm, I'm not ready for this. Maybe I wouldn't <laughs> But I did. I do. I, I do know I was called, and I am continuing to be in ministry in this form, in this mm-hmm. format. But hey, ministry leader, do you feel overwhelmed and exhausted, and you haven't had a break in years? Do you feel swamped, and you feel like you are on the clock twenty four seven? What about your health? Has your health worsened since you entered the ministry? First, please know that you're not alone. The Schaefer Institute reported that 90% of pastors say they work 55 to 70 hours per week, and 50% of them feel unable to meet the demands of ministry. Secondly, there's help. You need to work with me. I'm a burnout prevention coach for ministry leaders, and I will teach you stress management and relaxation techniques that will help you go from overwhelmed and exhausted to feeling like a calm and equipped leader who actually loves being in ministry. All you have to do is go to businesschurchlife.com, then go to the work with me tab and complete the burnout prevention application to apply to work with me. Now, due to the nature of my training, I can only work with a few ministry leaders at a time. So go complete the application as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. I went to general conference last year. That was my first general conference. Ooh, where they fighting? <laughs> not that I saw I don't know what was going on you know because it was kind of like COVID so the delegations were right okay rooms, and it was the, you know but what I experienced there and I actually literally just got closure to this on Sunday yeah. um, because I saw a side of people that shocked me to my core yeah, yeah. and I'm just like is this who you've always been? And then how do I, how can I, and again, God gives us grace and God gives us mercy. And I get that. It was difficult for me though, to, to feel as if these people had been talking about us or perhaps not being genuine with us but we've seen you on so many occasions and you present yourself one way and now here we are and you're complete, you just messy. Yeah. And not only are you messy, I want to punch you in the throat. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, I know the Lord is working on me, but I didn't know. Of this, wherever we are, the convention center in Orlando, you know, so that was, 
mind boggling to me. Yeah. And I'm not talking about local pet. I'm talking about people up high in the connection. Right. How are you acting like that? How are you How doing are you? this? Right. How? 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 I, mind boggling. And so for the last year, I've been on this. I've been angry. Yeah. I've been sad. I felt betrayed. I have felt, you know, I, I felt everything. I felt like nonchalant. I have felt like I'll never trust anybody in this whole entire AME church ever again, ever. Um, you know, I've been through all of those motions. At one point, I'm like, I'm going to be a closeted AME. That's you what know I'm what? This is our first time in the class. talking. Listen, this yes. is our first time actually talking. You literally just described me. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's hard. Really and hard. then you have to keep up the appearance of godliness. Which I am not good. inside. I'm not good at I yeah. can't fake it, honey. If you listen, if you piss me off, first of all, we need to talk about it. I'm a yes. let's address it now type yes. of person. And I'm finding that people have problems with that they don't want to address it Absolutely. they want to continue to talk about you behind your back okay so if we're going to take that person if we're going to do that then I'm not talking to you period right that's what it is you know and it's been challenging to me yeah. to to be in spaces with people that I know you've not been genuine you've not been yeah. honest with me don't talk to me Right. Like, just don't. <laughs> just so don't. what I have found myself doing is I will go to places, you know, because now, you know, we're at Bethel Wilmington, which is the number one church in the um, Delaware annual conference. Yes. Um, and so my husband travels, you know, he's on the yeah. general board. And so I have been fortunate to be able to go with him to travel to those things. Now, Shy is turning two, and that means she got to pay for a plane ticket. We ain't taking her. <laughs> but now that she's free, we, you know, we go like, baby, uh-uh, you ain't paying those $200 for this seat. It ain't worth it. You, and you're going to sit on my lap anyway. Right. Um, but, you know, we've gone and I have been in places and completely separated. And people are like, well, where's Mel? Where's Mel? Mel is touring the city. Mel is in her room. She's at dinner. She's made other plans with friends. Yeah, I don't yep. want to do this, you know, and then it becomes like, well, who can you trust? Yep. And I do believe that God will reveal a select few, a select few, yeah. maybe one, a one select one. Yep. Um, that you can really have a genuine connection with. But otherwise, I mean, it blew my mind. I was completely Dang. up, uh, just completely torn up by that. Um, and I was able to get closure. I went to my old neighborhood on Sunday um, where I grew up. And that reminded me that God has always ordered my steps. When I was young and running through the streets and running through the alley and riding my bike down a steep hill right into the, to the street, God was always with me. And my steps have always been ordered. And that allowed me to close this horrible chapter from General Conference 2021 and be able to say, you've always been with me, God. You knew where I would be even then. Yep. even before I was on this earth. And because of that, I trust you. Even when people are being who they are, yep. I trust you. And I believe that you still have my steps ordered. Absolutely. And I was able to close that door because otherwise I wouldn't have been because it's just like, now I can't lie. 
when sister such and such come up in my face, reverend, doctor such and such, I might have to say, <laughs> don't talk to me. And I'm a pray about that. Right. My I'm, Melanie. I'm the same. Self, I'm the you know same. what I mean? Right. But I'm, right. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would take over and say, you know what? God bless you. And I mean that genuinely. Yeah. Now don't play with me though. Right. Like, don't, don't take that for, you know. Right. Don't touch it in the name of Jesus. Um, pray for okay. me. Okay. Because you hear what I'm saying. Like, you know, like. Lord, that's what my husband be like. I I don't know about you, that's you know. It. I think we might be related. I need to look into your roots. We need to. I love Jesus. I'm like, I love Jesus. Same. I love the Lord. I love Same. the AME Church. Same. And you can't just play with me. You can't talk to me any other type of way because you think you have position or because you've been elevated to this, that third. Same. Because in heaven, guess what? You're going to be Bob, just like I'm going to be Melanie. Absolutely. So don't play with me because I'll send you to heaven with a bruise. Don't play with me. You know what I'm saying? Don't play with me. <laughs> don't play with me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start calling you my sister. Just for, call like, for real. Because yes, call me. Listen, honey. It's real, yeah. You have just described me to a T. That is so yes. funny. And it still seems to be on the side of it. And I literally just went through something last week. Actually, it was earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Y'all want to keep doing this. I'm out. I had to, had to quit a ministry just because I, I kept putting up with the disrespect, the, I'll just say disrespect. I'll just leave it at that. And I've been putting up, putting it, putting up with it for the past two years. Yeah. And the final draw or straw was drawn and I was like you know what I'm out I'm yeah. out you guys I've had clearly, that conversation yeah. I, I get it yeah I get it you know just I was, clearly don't want to do right yeah I have had that conversation and my husband disagrees with me um he's like you know but if you if you leave how does the ministry get done and I said that's I not my problem you. that's what that's I said I said I God did not call us to be abused either that's my point and when people because people are people and I get that I understand that but when you put your stuff on me because you have your unresolved stuff and you're in this lead role I can't do that and I have walked away from positions as well I walked away from a connectional position and I said you know at the time I went to the the connectional president and I said I I can't do this and and she understood why And I said, I can't do this. You know, I, I know what I'm doing. Um, I have the skill set to do this. I have the interest to do this, but I cannot continue to be in conflict with other people who are called just like me, who have the skill set just like me. I'm not in competition with them. I'm not going to impact my peace and be somebody else's. You're mad. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm, I can't do it. And so I, I, whatever I can do outside of the, please let me know, yep. please. Yep. But I'm not going to allow myself to be harmed. Exactly. For the sake of doing work. Exactly. Exactly. I can't do that. I can't exactly. do that. Exactly. And I think a lot of people, um, especially I think like in, 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 in my age group, and, and I'm a millennial, I'm 82. I'm just, well, I'm going to be 40 this year. Lord Jesus, these gray hairs. Okay, anyway, Girl. that's another story. 
Because I, I'm like, should I dye it? And I'm like, no, because my hair is sure it's going to come back. I'm just yeah. going to let it come in. Well, however, it's going to come in. Um, you know, but I'm like, and, and I've said this and I've used this. I'm like, you know, our, the, the people who have come before us, so my mom's generation, who is a boomer, you all have taught us that we don't have to accept the status quo. That's you it. did the fighting. You guys fought. You all said you can go to college. You could be whatever you want to be. And we've done those things. We've taken those steps. So you told us you don't have to not be educated because you're black. So we said, you know what, we're going to college and you pushed us go to college, get a degree. That's the one thing they can't take from you. Go ahead. You want to do X, Y, Z, shoot for it. If you shoot for the stars or something, you aim for the moon or something, you'll land in the stars. Y'all taught us that. So don't be confused now when we say Right. We don't have to deal with the status quo just because that's what the church done forever. Even in church, mm -hmm. we don't have to do that. We realize it's a way to get it done and we can get it done, but we're not going to fight against systems and stuff like that where we're seeing injustice happen. We're seeing mistreatment happen. We're not going to do it. So you're somewhere somebody is going to have to change that status quo if you want folk involved, because you've taught us we don't have to sit through silently exactly. and just take it. Exactly. So you can't be shocked when we saying, That's I'm not right. doing this. Right. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, girl, I love mm -hmm. you already, girl. Love you too. <laughs> Oh, you act like me. Oh my goodness. You just yeah. act like me. You are so me. You're so me. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to, I don't even know where to go with this conversation. Um, I feel you like I need a part two at some point. I was know. just getting ready to say, we may have to do a part two. Let me we know. Need, we may need to do a church hurt podcast episode. Talked about that too. Yeah. You know, something because, Ooh, honey, yeah. these folks. And you know what, when I took that break, from going to my church and I was going to another church and I was actually allowed to be present in that church mm -hmm. my relationship with God grew so mm -hmm. intensely mm -hmm. that now I can separate church from God mm -hmm. and I know mm -hmm. people who aren't in church probably like what how mm -hmm. do you they ain't the same all the time it's they right. should be right but they're not Absolutely. And I've had those moments too, where I, you know, kind of stepped back, stepped away for a few years. Yeah. Um, and, and it was interesting because when I went back, I, that's when I met my husband. So it was just like, really Jesus? Okay. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, but for me, I realized that we have to, and, and I studied faith development a little bit. Um, and in that study, I realized that a lot of us um, and, and it was a, it's a theoretical, but the theory is that just like with the theories of development, in order for us, we, we move through these stages. And one of the stages was our image of who God is. And so as a child, our image of who God is, is connected to our parents yep. and how our parents respond and react to us. That's how we view God to be. Yeah. As we get to, uh, to the next point, it becomes our pastors and our leaders and our clergy. And so we, our representation and understanding of who God is, is in direct correlation to who our leaders are. And that's where we get in trouble because when we begin to have conflict with them, because we are, because they're human beings, they're human beings yeah. then it begins to impact 
our relationship with God and our understanding of who God is. And so that next piece, when we finally have that breaking point, we realize like, oh, okay, who I am as a Christian and my relationship with God is not contingent on anybody else. And it allows us to move if we can get there and process, not just dismiss everything that's happened, but process the pain, process the hurt, process the anger that comes along with church hurt. We can be able to move forward and say, I know who I am as a Christian and I'm not going to allow a person to impact that relationship. So, you know, I'm going to go and find a church home because the Bible calls us to be in relationship and in connection with other believers. And I'm also going to create boundaries so that it doesn't happen again. And so that's kind of where I am. And that's why I can show up in an authentic way, I believe, because I've dealt with all that. It's not a heaven or hell that anybody can put me in. So your opinion of me, of what I do or what I don't do is not of concern for me. As long as you can see the Christ in me, that's what I'm concerned about. Everything else, that's your opinion. You know what I'm, exactly, exactly. And so, and I'm not going to allow that to impact. And I had to wrestle with that, with this experience at General Conference. Yeah. I had to wrestle with that recognizing that people, regardless of title, position, they're going to be messy. People they're going people. to be messy. People are going to And I'm going to still love Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. people, they're exactly. going to be people. Yeah. And so I still love Jesus. So even going through that situation, I'm like, God, I love you. It's I can't same. stand such a fashion. If I right. see him, I'm going to cut him. Jesus moved this hurt because I hadn't yet processed yeah. the hurt all the way. Same. And so I believe that when we can process the hurt and the anger yeah. and actually get to the point where we can say, you know what? That impacted my relationship with God because yeah. X, Y, Z and be able to really process that, yeah. we can move forward. Absolutely. I believe it. So yeah. yeah, we can do the church hurt series. I believe sure that can. that can happen. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's a, it's a challenge. It's it a is. challenge though, because we think about the church as a place for us to go and be healed and be whole. Yeah. And we can be, because that's a God thing. God right. is the person right. who does right. the healing and the wholeness. Not the people. Not the people. <laughs> Child, they're going to mess you up. Right. You keep fooling with them. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, like. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Them, and I, I also had to realize, and I realized this years ago, and this has helped me um, in addition to what you said, mm-hmm. um, I accept people how they are. Like I go into any relationship with no expectations. Right. And I just allow people to do, to be who they are. Right. And then I accept how I want them to show up in my life. If I want them in my life or not. Right. If I want them in my life. I need to accept that this, is how this person is. I'm not trying to change them. I'm not trying to do any of that stuff. And so I had to accept that um, with uh, church people mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm like, okay, I see. Oh, okay, right. I see how you are. Right. All I right. See. Mm-hmm. I see. And Got I'm working it. on that. I'm, I'm working yeah. on that. Like, I'm, I'm almost there. Um, I just, for some reason, I, I was blinded by the fact, like, oh, these are church people. They don't. I know. It gets you every time. They don't do that. Get you they every don't act time. like that. I know. They don't act like that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they, they do. do. Yeah, they um, do. and so, like you said, it's about discerning yeah. who's going to be in my circle and where they're going to be in my circle. Right. Because you have an intimate circle, and then you have layers. It's layers, layers to this. Absolutely. You know, and so you could be around, 
and I can say, hey, and that's it and keep it moving. And, and we moving. genuinely be okay yep. in that space. Hey, how's your family? Oh, that's great, girl. Well, you know, we'll catch up next time. Exactly. And that's you know? it. You know, yeah. I'm not bringing, so, you're not coming over to have tea with me. Right, exactly. Gonna, we right. can't do that. We can't, right. we can't do that. <laughs> So, you know, like I said, I, I, I get, I get it. Yep. I understand. And, you know, it's a process and it's a journey. So yep. I'm excited to be able to be on this journey with my husband yeah. um, and for us to kind of navigate together. Um, like I said, that. is it, is it, is it challenging? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Is it unpredictable sometimes? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but what has kept us, and I really believe it, is that I know that our, marriage is a God thing. You yeah. know, it, I, I really believe that. Yeah. And so at times when I'm like, I ain't doing this, right. I think about all the ways that God has blessed us together. Um, and I believe that, he, that God has the ability to really bring people to Christ, yeah. um, through the ministry that he has, and that right. I get to be alongside and partner with him, um, in certain ways. And so that's the piece that kind of keeps me going. Um, when I'm like, I ain't doing this no more. Right. I mean, right. I think about how many people that say like, I've never seen a real relationship like you guys have, like where we actually bicker. Yeah. And, you know, we go back and forth and we laugh and crack up at ourselves, right, um, right. you know, but actually in our age range, them saying like, wow, this is what you do. And you're authentic and you're relatable yeah. and you're approachable. And I don't take that for granted. You know, yeah. that's, that's humbling yeah. to me because I've had to do the work to get there, Exactly. Um, you know, and so to be I at this that. place as a first lady. And saying I'm walking in my authentic self and mean that yeah. and not be concerned about what that means to other people. Like I've been clear. Somebody asked me, well, do you like Sunday school? I said, no, I don't like getting up there early. <laughs> I don't. I was forced to as a kid. Right. I like going to the AME Sunday school because we grew up United Methodist and I went to an AME church for Sunday school. Gotcha. And I liked it because, you know, the Decalogue, they would say the whole Decalogue. And when right. they got to the, the ox and the, and the ass, and they actually said ass in church and we'd be cracking up in like, the back. I like this church. I'm coming back here. We'd be cussing in church. You know what I mean? Just young and stupid. Right. But, um, you know, being able to walk in, in my authentic self right. is what has been the difference. And I'm seeing how God is using us to do kingdom work. Yeah. Um, and I don't take any credit for that because right. again, it's a, it's a God thing. Absolutely. It's a God thing. And I see the people who are coming into ministry and who are, you know, and, and, and even through Ask the Preacher's Wife, we're able to talk about things like sex and, you know, masturbation and relationships and situationships right. and all of those things. And I see that that ministry is happening there. Yeah. And it's like, okay, God, you know, I'm going to keep doing this for you, right. not for me, but for you. Right. And I'm going to see where, where you go with this. And so that makes the, the burnout it, it, it gives it a different perspective. It doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. And it doesn't mean that I don't have to take care of it, but I understand it in a different way. And when it happens, I'm not at the point of, I'm never doing this ever again in my exactly. life. because I'm That's done. when you burned out. Yeah, exactly. Like I ain't doing exactly. this no more. Yeah, exactly. I'm done. Exactly. exactly. So yeah, so, you know, that's kind of our dynamic right. and um, it works sometimes. It. I love it. I love Sometimes. it, girl. Listen, <laughs> I love it. Um, it we're actually at time, and I think it's gonna storm here in just a minute. So 
it's got really cloudy. The TV cut off. I was like, oh, and you Lord, know, black know. people don't stay on electronics in the storm. Listen, and I'm in front of the window too. Yeah, you better hang up that phone. You better get off the Zoom. Let the Lord do storming. Come on, I'm let the Lord do his work. I'm gonna move from yeah. the So we gonna cut it off, but <laughs> I can't, can't wait till part two. I know. Yeah, we definitely. You're definitely coming back on. Definitely. So tell everybody where they can find you on social media. So you can find me askthepreacherswife.com. That is the blog. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I have a Twitter account. I'm not really on Twitter um, and TikTok. Not really on that. That's my baby. You want to come say hi? Um, but it's askthepreacherswife.com. Um, and I'm on social media as Ask the Preacher's Wife. And here's my child. We took out her bruise yesterday, so things is looking a little rough. Shia, can you say hi? Hey. Hey, hi. Okay. Uh-huh. No, no, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. I'm so you can find me on wife.com and I am around in the blogosphere, and we have a great time. Perfect. Perfect. Well, yeah. I will put all of that in the show notes so you guys awesome. can have it but i have enjoyed you so much you are definitely coming back likewise likewise yeah. look we're connectional so let's stay connected absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and you're my sister i need to talk to my mom i'm like did you have another baby you i think we're related mom? absolutely call, call my mom and let her know yeah that she has another daughter and yeah, it is what it is yeah it is what it is. it is what mm-hmm. it is i'll have mm-hmm. you back sis and we're gonna talk some more i really want to get into church hurt i really let's, I, I'm, let's talk about it yeah let's, let's, do, let's it. do that it'll probably be like in two months though because i'm gonna take okay. a break next month let I'm me tired. know let me know whenever <laughs> you're ready listen and then I, I will i will reach out and we will definitely have you come back awesome. on awesome well i am you stay on but i am going to end it here everyone so that is all i have enjoyed this so so much but that is all i catch you guys next time bye Thank you so much for listening to the Burned Out Preacher Podcast. And make sure you are following me on Instagram. I'm at Burnout Coach Mo. And I would love, love, love to hear from you. So make sure you send me a DM and say hi. And let me know if this podcast has been helpful. Also, it would be very helpful if you would leave a five-star rating for this podcast, as it will really, really help other ministry leaders find this podcast so it can help them also. If you leave a rating, make sure you take a screenshot and send me a DM so I can personally thank you. Again, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.